0: Folks, this is your former president, former commander in chief, former chief executive of the United States of America. Beautiful country, by the way. Beautiful. We had it perfect. We had it great. But Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe, he came in, he screwed it up. Unbelievable guy. I had your 401ks. Up, 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 up i had wall street rocking and rolling it was so unbelievable rocking and rolling we had it going great but he ruined it and folks we are listening now to the dustin gold standard i love gold i love standards i love the i love dustins unbelievable dustin hoffman dustin diamond did a porno flick unbelievable guy so great and so we are going to listen to the Dustin Gold Standard, one of the great shows, great podcasts, unbelievable podcasts, greatest podcast of all time. It is the gold standard a podcast. It's one of the best. In fact, it is the best, the best podcast we've ever listened to. I've never heard it. Don't like it. Stupid show. So dumb, but it's fantastic, tremendous, it's great. Unbelievable. And so, folks, I just want to tell you while I'm here, Dustin was kind enough to give me the mic. Great guy, by the way. Unbelievable guy. Nice hair. Beautiful hair. Not as nice as my hair, but so good. Great guy. Great last name. Gold. Gold. Unbelievable. Not as good as Trump. Because Trump, you could spell in gold letters on the side of a building. So you don't really need the name to be gold when the name is Trump and it could be put in gold. But it's unbelievable. It's going to be great. But folks, we need to win the next election to take back this country and to make it great again. We need to take it from Sleepy Joe. Take it away from this guy. Unbelievable. Horrible guy. So stupid. Always snoring. Falling asleep. Can't remember where he is. Shitting his pants. Unbelievable. He shits his pants constantly. Huge dumps in his pants. But last time when I was president, I told you the election was rigged. It was stolen. Even though I was in charge of the government, and you want to believe I was in charge of the government, I was in charge of the government. So I could not stop the election from being rigged and stolen. But now that I'm not president, I'm going to stop the election from being rigged and stolen. And we are going to do that because you are going to vote Harder, Vote harder, like a giant erection. An erection election. It'll be unbelievable. Erection election. I love that. I'm going to coin that phrase. Trademark it, erection election. Love it. Fantastic. So great. So great. Like blue chew. You know blue chew? Unbelievable pill. Same active ingredients as Viagra, but in a small chewable pill. Blue chew. Every podcaster's out there is promoting blue chew. I'm not promoting blue chew. Never used blue chew. Dustin doesn't promote blue chew. But it's a stupid little ad, and we like to make fun of it. So what you need to do is you need to vote harder not while you're harder just vote harder like slam your finger into the machine or write harder with a pen whatever it is and we will overcome the rigging of the election because the riggers will rig and the riggers will jig i don't know they'll dance or something because they're so happy because they stole the election so folks you're listening to the Dustin gold standard grab a cup of coffee Come down to Florida, sit out in the sun, down here around Mar-a-Lago, beautiful place, unbelievable, most unbelievable place in the world, known as the Southern White House. So great, so great. And you sit out here, we don't have 5G, I got 5G band down here where we are at Mar-a-Lago. But the rest of the world, you have it, so come down here, don't get cancer, don't get 5G cancer, and enjoy... Enjoy the Dustin Gold Standard while you drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink alcohol. I don't do drugs. And I don't hang out with uh, with creepy people like Kevin Spacey or Harvey Weinstein. Only Jeffrey Epstein. I hung out with him. But ignore that fact. It's okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. Greatest show of all time. My favorite show. I've never listened. I listen all the time. Believe me. It's going to be great. So stupid.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Thank you all for joining us this evening. One of the reoccurring shows we're going to do here, one of the topics, is we are going to be analyzing articles and the information which is in these articles to discuss something that is very near and dear to my heart, and that is the fourth industrial Revolution. And for those of you who have not heard about the fourth industrial revolution, of which I do not think there are many in their audience, this was a term coined by Klaus Schwab, the CEO and founder of the World Economic Forum. Now, the interesting thing is that for many of us, we did not really pay attention to the World Economic Forum or Klaus Schwab until. 2020, shortly after uh, COVID-land kicked off into our lives. And then people started researching, and there should be credit given to those independent journalists like Whitney Webb and Jason Burmes and others, and to Mike Moore and Maria Albanese right here at pain.tv for discussing the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution early on. As of late, I've been doing a lot more research, digging deep into the history of the World Economic Forum, into the Fourth Industrial Revolution and into the Great Reset, of which Klaus Schwab The leader of the World Economic Forum says the Great Reset is basically the time we're living through now leading into what would be called the fourth industrial revolution of which I believe we are living in. All evidence points to that and the elites as crazy and psychopathic as we believe and know they are and people like to discount the things that they say as just crazy hyperbole. These people are the most powerful people on earth. Many of them, yes, puppets, and there are more powerful people behind them. But obviously, they have power. They have influence. They have all the money in the world to advance the tenets of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, which is what would lead us into the Fourth Industrial Era. So one of the things I'm going to do is begin presenting articles to you on technology related to the Fourth Industrial Revolution, on companies that are promoting the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and also go back into the history of when the Fourth Industrial Revolution began to be talked about by the elites, by the social engineering class, of which I call them, the people that sit at Davos, at the World Economic Forum, the people that sit on the Trilateral Commission, on the United Nations, on the Bilderberg organization people that go to uh bohemian grove and such and so one of the things that's important to know and we will do an entire show on this is klaus schwab's book written in 2016 called the fourth industrial revolution i've read that book a couple of times and we are going to be doing not only one show but multiple shows in which i will read the book and analyze it for you in real time It's important that you know this stuff, and as you know, one of the big themes on the show is we don't want to become so blackpilled that we become depressed over the fact that life as we knew it before, say, February, March of 2020 is not going to come back. There is no resistance, there is no organized revolution, and there is really no going back to the world as we knew it before March 2020. That is not to say we have to become depressed. I am a strong believer in creating a new future for ourselves, as these psychopaths, these elitists, the social engineering class, the stakeholders, as Klaus Schwab refers to them, are carving out a future for themselves, which looks like a world of artificial intelligence run by robots in which these people upload their consciousness into the artificial intelligence mainframe and live inside the future metaverse, I think many of us could actually pull bu- pull back. And as Mike and some of his guests like VM and Maria Albanese have said, we need to shrink the size of our world. We need to focus on ourselves, on our immediate family, on our larger family, on our friends, and figure out how we can build allies through shows like this, through networks like TV. I see the future that eventually we are going to have to secede in a sense. And that's not secede meaning that we're going to uh, move through the process and get people elected in our county boards and our state and then we're all going to vote and call for a constitutional convention, stuff that just is never going to be done. I'm talking about seceding in our own mind. I'm talking about getting land, moving into an area with other people Uh, who want to do the same thing, who are like-minded, and that we can build sort of uh, a modern version of an Amish community. I'm also a believer that you can't go completely off the grid, uh, at least right now, if you still need to make money. So we are going to focus on how you live one foot in the matrix and one foot out of the matrix, how you can live a natural life with your family and at the same time be able to step into the matrix when you have to make money to buy things that you cannot produce, you cannot manufacture, you cannot grow, you cannot breed on your homestead. And so that is something that I think is a realistic approach, and we are going to discuss a lot of that, not just how to survive in the fourth industrial revolution, but how you are still going to be able to thrive in it. It may just not look like the world, the materialistic world in which you know of today. As they reinvent, as they great reset, we are going to have to great reset in our own personal lives. But let's get to this article in which I found... Uh, from November 2nd, 2016, so three, four years before COVID kicked off in March 2020, GE.com, that's General Electric. You know who they are, large company. This is the ethical underbelly of the fourth industrial revolution. Now, I have been bagging and tagging a lot of these articles, And this is by Mildred Z. Solomon. Again, November 2nd, 2016. There's a lot of these articles I dug up online that were written inside uh, either the news, the blog sections, internal news, uh, intranet of many of these Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies. Remember, the majority of these companies, and not even the majority, all of them, are on board with the World Economic Forum. When we watch speeches, and we'll be doing this as well, playing speeches from the World Economic Forum and analyzing those in real time for you, you will see that when psychopaths, literal God wannabes like Yuval Noah Harari, speak at the World Economic Forum, although he may sound like some psychopathic serial killer, He is speaking in front of what we perceive to be the most powerful men on earth. He's sitting in front of heads of state, CEOs, bankers, uh, major heads of universities, uh, trade organizations, unions, etc., etc., etc. These are the technocrats that, in fact, rule over us. These are the social engineering class. These are the people who make the plans, and then execute the plans. And this you're going to see through the shows we're going to do, that this has been going back for 100 years, 200 years, 300 years. It goes on and on and on. This is not new. This is not some group that we can just oust. They are, in fact, the social engineers. And part of the show is, is learning to accept that and that there is no billionaire, there is no Donald Trump, there is no Elon Musk who is going to save you or your family, you are going to have to do that yourself. And so I am going to teach you about their plans. I am going to teach you about the technologies in which they already have, which they've already deployed, and things they admit to that have not yet been deployed, and stuff we're going to be talking to a lot of insiders, a lot of contacts that I have, are going to talk about technologies that you don't even know about, and that I didn't know about until I had these conversations with my sources. So let's go into this. Remember, GE is a member of the World Economic Forum. And so in 2016, when Klaus Schwab wrote his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, he Uh, was able to push this out amongst his group of peers, amongst the association, the organization, the World Economic Forum, and so the CEOs of these companies began to prep their employees and their customers for what was yet to come. They will always tell you that the stuff they are doing, that the policies that they are creating, that the strategies that they are implementing, that the technologies that they are developing and employing Are deploying are for the good of the people they will never tell you that a brain chip that they want to put in your head is to control you they will say that it is to cure brain cancer they will say it is to help people with dementia so you would have to believe that these technocrats are in fact humanitarians developing a brain chip for about 0.01 percent of the population That is not the case. These people lie. Now, they may believe they're doing good. There are a lot of people that believe they're doing good. There are nurses, the black widow types, that go and they kill a patient because they think that they're putting them out of their misery. There was people like Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, who spread the free love movement to then go and push abortion. She was a eugenicist. Maybe she really believed she was doing good when she said that she had to kill off All of these sort of subhuman creatures, people that she deemed to be uh, not deserving of life. But she was being compassionate because she said the poor people or the Negro really, you know, was being put out of their misery. So there are people that believe they're doing good. Do I believe all the people at World Economic Forum think they're evil? I don't know. That's up to you to decide. But let's take a look about what they were writing in 2016. Because I want you to get an idea of the thought process for the last six years. So, the ethical underbelly of the fourth industrial revolution. No technology is neutral. And the fourth industrial revolution has brought us enormous powers, according to Mildred Solomon, president of the Hastings Center and Harvard Medical School professor. Quote, now we must use them wisely, end quote, she writes. Here are the four biggest ethical questions to consider, including ensuring that everyone will have access to technology's benefits. Do you see that? It's exactly what I just warned you of what they were going to do, right? Let me repeat. Here are the four biggest ethical questions to consider, including ensuring that everyone will have access to technology's benefits. This is going to be a reoccurring theme on this show. What I envision when these people, and you will see this come out of the mouths of people like President Donald Trump all the way to Klaus Schwab, to Yuval Noah Harari, the prophet of the fourth industrial era, you will see them saying that they just want to give this technology to the people. They want all of us, all of us to have access to it because that's what's fair. And you will see them do this time and time again. You will see Elon Musk out there saying that he believes artificial intelligence is dangerous to humanity. Therefore, he needs to harness it. He needs to be the purveyor of artificial intelligence so that he could give it to you. Listen, let's just make this clear. Elon Musk gets to play the richest man on the earth every other day. He trades positions with people like Jeff Bezos. If Elon Musk was as influential, as powerful, and as wealthy as we are supposed to believe, why would Elon Musk not go out on the world stage and call for an international treaty to ban the development and research and deployment of artificial intelligence? Instead, he claims that he needs to be the one to be in control of it, and this way he can make it fair and equitable. He's a liar. He's a con man. He is building artificial intelligence. He and many others are part of this game. None of them are looking out for your interest. They are only lying to you. Let's move on. And let me say this. Every single time you see this theme come up, every time you see the technocracy, the technocratic overlords tell you that they only want to give you this technology, They want to give you the secrets to quantum physics and the secrets to artificial intelligence. They want you to have full access to it. I really want you to try to envision a scene from a movie. And it's a fairly common scene in a number of movies. There are two men. Man number one is standing next to a ditch in the ground. Man number two is standing with a shovel and he's actually digging the ditch. Whether this be in the middle of a desert, whether it be next to a trench in a military battle scene, or whether it be in the middle of the dark scraggly woods. And so man number two, he's sort of lackadaisical, happy-go-lucky type of guy He's just digging this ditch, and digging this ditch, and digging this ditch, while man number one just stands there and watches. They look at each other in the eye for a moment, smile, get back to work. Man one just watches it, man two, who just keeps digging, and eventually man two finishes, and he wipes his brow of the sweat, and he dusts off his shirt, and he jams his shovel into the ground and he turns and he smiles at man number one gives him a thumbs up he's complete with his task and man number one reaches into his waistband takes out a revolver and shoots man number two right in the head man number two falls into the ditch you see man number two had no idea that he was actually digging his own grave. Each and every day that goes by, we humans are man number two. Man number one is the technocracy. Man number one are the technocrats. Man number one are these dystopian oligarchs who tell us that we are just doing a task. They are being kind. The fourth industrial revolution and the technologies that come with it are inevitable. And so they will teach us a new set of skills. There will be government programs so that we could go back and be re-educated so that we can get jobs in this new technological world, in this new fourth industrial era that is coming quickly upon us. You see, they will teach us because they love us and they want us to succeed. They are our friends. Bill Gates, Peter Thiel, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. They're our friends. They love us. Even President Trump would have his daughter Ivanka create programs in order to reteach us, to reeducate us, to ...to give us the skills we need to survive in a technological world. But you see, humans are generally good-natured. Us, at least. Humans are generally worker bees. We do our tasks to get our paycheck... ...so we can get our money, which is basically just food coupons... ...that we can use to provide for our family. To pay for shelter, to pay for food, to pay for water, to pay for clothing. And once in a while to buy a luxury or to be able to save and the technocratic overlords they know this they are man number one they give you the skills the shovel they have you dig the ditch your grave they have you program the very prison planet that is being built around us to help them build the very artificial intelligence that they are using to replace us And yet we gladly do it. We stand by happy-go-lucky, and we allow them to use us to dig our own grave until they take that revolver from their waistband and shoot us in the head. That is the truth. It is a hard pill to swallow. But that is the gold pill, because this is the dust and gold standard. And I will only tell you the truth. Live in an age of transformative scientific powers capable of changing the very nature of the human species and radically remaking the planet itself. Now, remember, as I read this, this is an article on GeneralElectric.com and it's written mainly to the employees. At around the same time that Klaus Schwab published the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, so the CEO of the company takes the orders from Klaus Schwab and the the World Economic Forum, he publishes them to the employees. Because remember, now employees are going to be asked to help build certain technologies in which they may not morally, ethically, or through common sense believe in. And so they have to prep them for what's about to come. Remember, the employees at GE are like me and you. They're just worker bees. They do what they're told. And some of them are going to say, no, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. I don't really want to be part of this. But they're not going to have a choice. Advances in information technologies and artificial intelligence are combining with advances in the biological sciences, including genetics, reproductive technologies, neuroscience, synthetic biology, as well as advances in the physical sciences to create breathtaking synergies now recognized as the fourth industrial revolution. So GE is not hiding from the fact that they are affiliated with the World Economic Forum and with Klaus Schwab, of which we will do some stories on him and tell you about his background and who he is and who helped create him. But again, the fourth industrial revolution, it's claiming the tenets are genetics, reproductive technologies, neuroscience, synthetic biology. Okay, now let's move on these new powers hold great promise for curing and preventing disease let me pause right there these new powers hold great promise for curing and preventing disease see it's always has to be sold to you and me that it's about helping us the damn dirty humans yes the elites the technocrats The multi-trillionaire bankers, the technocracy, Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, and the rest of the gang love me and you. They love us. They wake up every day thinking about us, don't you know? They love the plebs. They love us so. These new powers hold great promise for curing and preventing disease, improving agriculture output, and enhancing quality of life in many ways. However, no technology is neutral And the powers of the Fourth Industrial Revolution certainly are not. Now, why is this important? It's important because, as we pointed out, they're saying the promise for curing and preventing disease. They're making it about you, scaring you into disease. Well, actually, the employees of GE that are reading this, but scaring them into the idea of disease. And they're going to be the great, powerful people that are going to stop disease. And they're going to improve agriculture output and enhance quality of life in many ways. See, they are the saviors. They are going to do all these wonderful things for us. They wake up every day dreaming about helping us. But you have to remember, all of them get up there and talk about the dangers of technology and how artificial intelligence, genetic modification, uh, weather manipulation are very dangerous. Again, the very people on the stage that are telling you it's dangerous are the very people that are creating it. They act as if there's some little fat hacker kid in a basement somewhere designing this, and it's inevitable, and yet they are going to now come out and help you overcome it when in fact they are the very frankenstein doctors that are creating this stuff they are the people creating this technology and then claiming they're going to be the ones to save you from it see they never mention and remember world economic forum is really post politics it's above politics but if they want to improve quality of life they could end taxes and let us keep all of the money that we earn for our labor or the services or the products that we sell. They could, they could do so many things, like leave you the hell alone. Okay, so let's move on to the next part. Since these technologies will ultimately decide so much of our future, it is deeply irresponsible not to consider together whether and how to deploy them. See, what they're already telling you is that it's it's a done deal. See, they're not saying, hey, there's these new technologies coming. Do we call it the fourth industrial revolution? What is it? They say, since these technologies will ultimately decide so much of our future, it is deeply irresponsible not to consider together whether and how to deploy them. They're telling you it's inevitable. It's inevitable. And now I'm going to get a little drink of some sparkling water from my dear daddy this Father's Day i'll be snuggled up in mommy's tummy but next father's day i'll be cuddled up with you i can't wait to meet you daddy that was not an ad this was a uh this was a mug from my wonderful beautiful life partner billy billy uh from my wife maggie we have a baby on the way which is why i really need to get my homestead built Okay, since these technologies will ultimately decide so much of our future, it is deeply irresponsible not to consider together whether and how to deploy them. Thankfully, there is a growing global recognition of the need for governance. Professor Klaus Schwab, Executive Chairman of the World Economic Forum, for example, has called for agile governance, achieved through public-private collaborations among business, government, science academia and non-governmental civic organizations wendell wallach and gary marchant both scholars in this area have proposed governance coordinating committees or gccs that would be created for each major technology sector and serve as honest brokers okay (laughs) that's a lot to unravel He says, thankfully, there's a growing global recognition of the need for governance, right? So now they're creating all of these new technologies that then they claim they have to govern. Because I'm not going to be governing it. You're not going to be governing it. So, they're creating a new technological prison planet in which they need to be governors of. Well, if artificial intelligence is so good, why isn't it governing itself? And these people would be out of the picture. See, these are the masters of the universe. These are the social engineering class. That is who they are. It says Professor Klaus Schwab, who I told you who he was, has called for agile governance achieved through public private collaborations. Now, this is back in 2016, remember. Public-private partnership is a tagline that Donald Trump used throughout COVID when he was selling COVID. I am going to get
0: things spelled through the public-private partnership. We're going to get it done. So beautiful. Public-private, private-public come together. Unbelievable. It's going to be so great.
2: So great. Listen, when the public and the private sectors are cooperating so much, of which they were before Donald Trump's era, let's not make a mistake, Okay. How many, co- how many companies are floated by government contracts? How many people work for the government and for contractors that work for the government? It's insane if you saw those numbers. But the public-private partnership is essentially communism, fascism. It's corporatism. It's technocracy, and that is what we're seeing in play today. So as Klaus Schwab is saying, he's going to bring together the public-private collaborations among business, government, science, academia, and non-governmental civic organizations. Basically, all of the people are going to rule over us. The elites are now going to be in charge of this technology that they want to give us. We want to give it to you. We love you, but we're going to be in charge of it, and we're going to govern it. And we're going to govern it to make sure it's ethical and that there's honest brokers in charge of it. Really? 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 You're going to spend all this time, all this money, all this energy to build a technological prison planet to control the people, but then you're going to govern it to make sure you're controlling me ethically? Unbelievable, folks. Unbelievable. Seriously. The very people creating it will be the people managing it and governing it. So how very nice of them as they claim that they want to hand the reins of this technology over to us. But let's continue with this article from GE.com, that's General Electric, from November 2016. Whatever forms governance takes, and it will and should take many forms, many forms, really, we need to make sure that governing bodies and public discussion address four critical questions. The answers to these questions will require both scientific input and a willingness to discuss the ethical and social implications of the choices we face. We don't need to break that down. Let's get right into the meat of this. Should the technology be developed in the first place? Well, I would say no. Should the technology be developed in the first place? Well, of course, the answer to that is yes. Otherwise, they wouldn't be writing this article to propagandize their employees into whatever they were about to tell them to do back in November 2016. This question, for example, is now being asked with regard to a possible ban on autonomous lethal weapons or militarized robots. And wait until you see the article that I have for you in a couple of days about the nanobot robot weaponry that the military industrial complex has been building but the question for example is now being asked with regard to a possible ban on autonomous lethal weapons or militarized robots to date there is no record of a lethal autonomous weapon picking its own target and destroying it without humans being involved in the decision making however Many experts see this prospect materializing in the near future unless a worldwide ban is instituted soon. You see, what did I bring up to you before? That if Donald Trump and Elon Musk and Bill Gates and all of these guys, Peter Thiel and the rest of them, are so powerful and so influential and so wealthy and they truly wanted to stop this stuff from occurring. They would stop building it all together. They would call for a worldwide ban and they would put artificial intelligence back into the can and toss it into the dumpsters of time. And we would not have to deal with this. But that is not what they're doing. But they claim right here that they have the ability to call on a ban on pieces of the technology, right? So if we're supposed to believe they're rogue states like China or Russia or North Korea and China, Russia, and North Korea, who all use the United States as an example of a rogue state, then the rogue states are going to build them anyway. No. Well, I guess not. It's the World Economic Forum. It's world government. They all are actually friends. Only you believe that there's multiple teams. There are no teams. And so they say, should we have a ban on these weapons? They're going to have a ban on those weapons, not because those elites are going to fire missiles at each other. It's because they don't want these things in our hands to go after them. Now, I want to point something out because it's really interesting. In a video that I watched the other day, it was an interview with Yuval Noah Harari, who is the prophet, known as the prophet of the World Economic Forum. He's Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, his conciliatory, his king philosopher. Well, it says, to date, there is no record, and remember, this is 2016, to date, there is no record of a lethal autonomous weapon picking its own target and destroying it without humans being involved in the decision making. Why is that important? Because Yuval Harari, in a recent interview with Mark Zuckerberg, where the two of them sat down together like two eggheads and actually discussed the technology and the ethics behind all of this technology. And Yuval said to Zuckerberg, and remember, this guy is so powerful. He is the right-hand man, the Klaus Schwab. And he said to Mark, I do not fear the day that AI and the robots do not follow the order of the human. I fear the day when they do follow the order of the human. So that was recent a couple of months ago which is six years after this article was written. I guess they made their decision that autonomous artificial intelligence, weaponry, and robots are totally fine. As long as they don't follow the orders of the people that created them. Unbelievable. This is like dystopian stuff, folks. It sounds so crazy, but it actually is so real. Another example is geoengineering, which is the use of technology. Okay, now pay careful attention to this. Anyone who has ever talked about chemtrails, who's ever talked about harp, weather machines, weather control, cloud seeding, who gets called a conspiracy theorist, doesn't just need an apology, but they literally need a street named after them. Because right here, this is on GeneralElectric.com, talking about certain technologies of the fourth industrial revolution, whether or not ethically they need to be banned. And the reason why this is put into this article is because, remember... This article is propaganda being written to GE employees in November 2016 before they're about to be told to do something that maybe they don't want to be part of building. So they have to make it seem like, okay, this is a bad one. Maybe we won't have this. Maybe we should discuss this. So it says, another example is geoengineering, which is the use of technology to alter planetary conditions, often to change the climate so as to reduce the Earth's warming. This is a truly global issue that needs a collective approach since one nation state may make climate changes that are beneficial for itself but detrimental to others. They're totally full of shit about that, but basically right here, what do they do? They admit that they geoengineer, which which people like myself already knew this, but there's a lot of people that didn't. So, I mean, they admit it in November 2016 that they have geoengineering technology. Furthermore, some of the strategies, for example... Proposals to seed the stratosphere with nanoparticles, and there's nano, as we talk about nanobots, nanotechnology, nanoparticles. Some people believe that there may be nanoparticles that were in the jabs. I don't know that. I didn't look at it under a microscope, but, you know, it may be. For example, proposals to seed the stratosphere with nanoparticles. Carry unknown but potentially large risk for the planet as a whole. Science may or may not be able to quantify the risk, but even if we have risk estimates discerning how much risk we should take, if any, is not something science alone can answer. Ultimately, it is a moral assessment we need to make collectively. Remember, they just said they were going to set up governing bodies of which they're going to govern. So they are going to make the moral assessment of whether or not we need to ban certain technologies like geoengineering or like autonomous lethal weapons. These are the same people who start wars, who kill people. So they're going to make the moral assessment as to whether or not these technologies should exist, of which they're building. So they're building them, then they're going to discuss whether they need to ban them at their governing council after they already created them. Give me a break. This is so easy to see through, it's actually boring to discuss. Number two, if a technology is going to proceed, to what ends should it be deployed? During the fourth industrial revolution, there will be a wide variety of so-called human enhancements on offer. Human enhancements. I don't think they're discussing penis enlargements. Unbelievable. Greatest penis enlargement. Great penis enlargements, so huge, hugest of all time, so unbelievable. Make penis enlargements great again. I'm Donald Trump for Blue Chew. Blue Chew, unbelievable. Same chewable ingredients as a Viagra in a chewable blue pill. I hate blue, love red, I'm a Republican. So great, so great. Anyway, during the Fourth Industrial Revolution, there will be a wide variety of so-called human enhancements on offer. <laughs> be like the amazon of uh, body modification some will focus on eliminating diseases oh thank you yeah eliminate the disease we are the disease to them by the way some will focus on eliminating diseases others may extend human capacities we wish to promote or reduce such as greater athletic ability greater memory or less aggressive behavior rather than making endorsements or prohibitions about enhancements in general, each type should be considered on a case-by-case basis in terms of how likely it is to advance or diminish human flourishing. So they say, should we put a ban, a worldwide ban, of all the people building this prison planet on autonomous lethal weapons and geoengineering? But when it comes to body modification, human enhancements, genetic modification is what they're actually talking about. We'll have to decide that on a case-by-case basis. And if it's going to be the best for humanity. Humanity in the eyes of the governors of the councils, which are the elites, by the way. The same people who stem from organizations like Planned Parenthood and the abortionist eugenesis movement. Sickening. So what we're gonna do quick is we're gonna take a short commercial break for the free public side of this podcast, and then we are going to jump right back in and finish off this article i am dustin gold and you're listening to the dustin gold standard you're listening to the dustin gold
1: standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on PING.TV.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard. And folks, we were in the middle of discussing the General Electric GE.com November 2016 article. Introducing the tenets of the Fourth Industrial Revolution to the fine employees, the men and women, and anything in between, of GE. And so, right now, we went over the answers to the questions that the... Oligarchs that the technocrats are asking. The answers to these questions will require both scientific input and a willingness to discuss the ethical and social implications of the choices we face. Remember, they said, whatever forms of governance takes, and it will and should take many forms, we need to make sure that governing bodies, them, they're governing themselves, and public discussion, meaning You reading what they're telling you, (laughs) you don't have a right to, to resist this. They must address four critical questions. And we already went over question one, should the technology be developed in the first place? And we went into question two, if a technology is going to proceed, to what ends should it be deployed? And now we get into question three. If the technology is to go forward, how should it proceed? And this is why I'm not invited to any company parties. (laughs) Because I'd be breaking down the company uh, bullet points here. Oh, my God. If the technology is to go forward, how should it proceed? Of course it's going to go forward. Look, guys, go back to the beginning of the article where it said, uh, where is it? Uh, Since these technologies will ultimately decide so much of our future, it is deeply irresponsible not to consider. See, since these technologies will ultimately decide so much of our future. So they're already saying they're going to do it. So if the technology is to go forward, how should it proceed? it matters how a technology is researched and how it enters the world yeah it's called adoption basically what they do is they create something really weird like they want to measure your heart rate and they can't just say the government or the world economic forum or klaus schwab or the nazis want to measure your heart rate so instead they have apple introduce it as an iWatch okay that's how it works so it matters how a technology is researched and how it enters the world For example, the National Academy of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine in the United States recently issued a landmark report that takes a precautionary approach to the use of gene drives. Gene drives are technologies which, in combination with CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing and CRISPR, we're going to do a number of shows on CRISPR, and I have a geneticist who's going to come on and talk about CRISPR and some of these crazy things they're doing. But gene drives are technologies in which, in combination with CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing, can exponentially increase the prevalence of specific genetic elements in a whole population of certain kinds of wild plants or animals. Also humans, by the way. Right now, for example, gene drives are being considered as a way of controlling or even eradicating mosquitoes that are disease vectors for human illness like malaria and zika again these people do not care about black or brown people located in the continents of africa south america central america they don't care they do not care and they're lying when they're saying that they're creating this technology to eradicate malaria and zika see they have to tug at your heartstrings they have to make you believe that they are the good guys The National Academy's report encourages the development of gene drive technology, but calls for carefully paced research, first in laboratory settings and small field studies before engineered organisms are released into the wild. Okay, again, they're developing Frankenstein technology, they're building a prison planet, They are genetically modifying and geo-modifying things. And now they want to make sure they're ethically releasing this stuff into the wild. It's already everywhere. It's already everywhere. I'm going to do so many shows on uh, cloud seeding and everything that they do. You'll be blown away when you will see what they already do. And you wonder why there's less earthworms, why there's less bees. They're, they've already been doing this. This, is, this part of it is not new. Number four, once norms have been set, how will the field be monitored to ensure adherence? Hmm. Once norms have been set, how will the field be monitored to ensure adherence? See, what they're saying is if they make a rule like there's going to be no uh, autonomous lethal weapons, how do we know Kim Jong-un is going to follow that? Right now, there are guidelines for many aspects of research and technology diffusion. But serious gaps in our ability to monitor adherence or hold bad actors accountable, for example, there are sound regulations for the management of some kinds of toxic chemicals, but extremely inadequate funds for regulatory staff to monitor and inspect chemical sites See, it's, it's always now, now they need more government. They need more money to manage all of this horrible, dangerous, deadly technology they're creating. And then they say they need more money to manage it, govern it, and to create regulations around it and be able to police it. I mean, they, they are creating the whole entire thing. This is just a, a Galien dialect. This is problem, reaction, solution. So you create the problem, provoke the reaction – and then offer the solution. So let's take COVID, for instance. You create COVID, you scare the crap out of people and get them to beg and beg for a solution to be safe, to go back to work, to put their kids in school, to go back to the grocery store, and then you offer the jab and the booster and such. That's problem, reaction, solution. And they do this over and over, rinse and repeat, as Mike would say. Governance mechanisms for the 21st century will have to grapple with what areas need mandatory regulation and how to enforce them. And remember, this is a world body they're discussing. So now this is world government. We've been talking about this for years, the New World Order. Facts alone are insufficient. Uh, the answers to these questions need to be informed by facts, but facts alone are insufficient. All four questions require a willingness to discuss the values we hold dear, even when values discussions may lead to controversy and conflict. Yeah, there will be some people that will not want any of this to occur, like me, and we will have a discussion, but they don't want to listen to us. Taking a sip of this wonderful sparkling lime mint water. Safety is perhaps the least controversial value. Most of us around the globe believe that there isn't an obligation to reduce the likelihood that individuals will be harmed by new technologies. It's like, that's hilarious. That's like written for the insurance company. Most of us around the globe believe that there is an obligation to reduce the likelihood that individuals will be harmed by new technologies. Indeed, the primary responsibility of most existing regulatory bodies is to promote safety. Oh, yeah, one worldwide NWO, OSHA. Yes, we care about your safety. Listen, we're building an AI, artificial intelligence-run metaverse, where you're going to strap on your augmented reality or your virtual reality goggles and go inside the metaverse while you're living inside your real-life 400-square-foot pod cube while you're eating bugs and insects given to you by the wonderful Klaus Schwab. But you got to be safe about it, folks. We got to be safe with this stuff. (laughs) Oh, God. But there are other very important values at stake, and they are often given short shrift. First, we should commit to equity, to doing all that is possible to ensure that all people regardless of their economic means, will have access to technology's benefits. Here, young boy, come up to my ice cream truck. Everyone gets a piece of candy today. Come and help me find my dog. Everyone gets the pet Fido today. Here, take this shovel, dig a beautiful hole, and I'll give you free ice cream. Boom, dead, falls in the hole. Cover him with the dirt. Think about it. Regardless of their economic means, we'll have access to the technology's benefits. Unbelievable. Otherwise, we run the risk of exacerbating what Hastings Center scholar Eric Perrins has called the already obscene gap between the haves and have-nots. Okay, so if they're the all-powerful people with all the money, all the influence, all the power... Why have they not just closed the gap between the haves and have nots? Why are they creating a technology that's going to create a wider gap? And then they're going to have to give the have nots access to the supposed technology in order to fill the gap. How do you close the gap between the top 0.01% and the rest, the 99.9%? Well, you kill them. And now everyone (laughs) equally has the same amount of money because only the haves are left. But remember, this is written because the haves love you. They truly do. They love you. They wake up every day wanting to play God, wanting to control the natural world, wanting to inject their weird Microsoft operating system into everything down to the last mosquito, the last blade of grass, and into your body because they love you and they want to protect you from malaria. <laughs> Even harder to talk about our—I can't even. I'm laughing. Even, <laughs> even harder to talk about are values that have to do with ways of being in the world, with how we humans relate to one another and to the natural environment. For example, some people worry that human genetic engineering could transform parent-child bonds encouraging hyper-agency on the part of parents who would focus more on designing babies to suit their needs than on nurturing children to become who they will be. Is that not what we are doing right now with the supposed transgender surgeries, which is nothing more than plastic surgery body modification mixed with a few hormone pills? Some people worry that human genetic engineering could transform parent-child bonds. Yeah, I would say so. Encouraging hyperagency on the part of parents who would focus more on designing babies to suit their needs than on nurturing children to become who they will be. Well, now they're taking two, three, four, five, six, all the way up to 18 year old kids, telling them they're the opposite sex because the parent is crazy or they wanted a girl or a boy instead of a boy or a girl. Chopping off or gluing on their genitals, giving them hormone pills, and then designing the child after birth. But now you're going to be able to design it before it actually comes out. This is crazy, folks. Crazy stuff. This is on General Electric. GE.com in an article in November 2016 written specifically to the employees to get them prepared for some of the technologies that they were about to start working on. This is supposed to ease tensions so that when a certain project, a certain product crosses your desk, you don't freak out. You go, oh, I read the company newsletter. Values like stewardship and respect for the intrinsic worth of wilderness areas are often invisible in our discussions or falsely framed as an opposition to economic development. And underlying so many of these issues is the fundamental ethical question about how much we humans should intervene in changing the nature of our species, other species, and the environment. Is there a level of human intervention that crosses a boundary into hubris or that erodes cherished virtues like living in harmony with nature rather than in dominion over it? Everything they're doing is about having dominion over nature. They are playing God. remember these people are not God. If they were God they would go create their own planet and I'm not talking about colonizing Mars or colonizing the moon. I'm talking about snapping their fingers and they have their own galaxy and they go create a new uh, a, a new life force. they go create a breakaway civilization from their creations. They are hackers, they are pirates, they are thieves, they are nothing more than hijackers. And they are hijacking the natural world and controlling the natural world by modifying it and injecting their virus, their software and their virus into all natural life. These people are hackers, they are thieves, they are criminals, they are pirates. Nothing more. They are not gods they are not gods or they would create their own. They are thieves that are stealing the natural world. And this is what they're talking about. And then they use hyperbole and they use like they use all these semantics. Play these word games. In short, the fourth industrial revolution has brought us enormous powers. Yeah, it's brought them enormous powers. It didn't bring us enormous powers. It brought them enormous powers to control us, humans. This is a battle of humanity versus anti humanity. I am on the side of humanity. There's a lot of humans I hate. Seriously. I go out in the world and I I sometimes say I, I understand why Bill Gates wants to wipe out a lot of people. Traffic is annoying. Most humans suck. But that's because we've been socially engineered to be horrible to each other. And we're not living in harmony because of the things these people do, because of the chemicals they spray, because of the technology they're using against us. So I do choose the side of humanity over these anti-human scum now we must use them wisely governance which will take many forms must involve the public as well as experts yeah it'll involve us they tested on us like during covid land and whatever form it takes we should anticipate at least four critical questions that need to be answered no matter the technology sector in answering those questions we will need deliberate thoughtful conversations about values that are often hard to reconcile this path will engender strong differences of opinion but that is exactly why we must embrace the dialogue and soon this piece first appeared in the world economic forum's agenda blog right see so ge took this and then kicked it out to their employees and let's just sum this up before we wrap up this episode of the dust and gold standard on pain.tv the four questions were one should the technology be developed in the first place and they want the public to be involved so i'll answer these one should the technology be developed in the first place no two if a technology is going to proceed to what ends should it be deployed none it should not be deployed three if the technology is going to go forward how should it proceed no it should not proceed four once norms have been set how will the field be monitored to ensure adherence well If we're going off my norms, which is none of this will be developed and none of it will be deployed, then how do we monitor this? Well, I mean, if the technocrats go and build it, there should be uh, consequences for that. I mean, I'm not going to say what I think or I am going to be in a lot of trouble and I will be kicked off all of the platforms (laughs) on our first show. So obviously that is not going to happen. You have to delve into these Articles, Because all of the answers to the questions that you have are located in these articles. They're all right there. Every bit of it is there. They do not hide this. They get up in front of the World Economic Forum and they give these speeches. And they talk about artificial intelligence. They talk about genetic modification. They talk about geoengineering. They don't hide it. They literally, and Maria Albanese on Mike's show on the Thomas Paine podcast, has gone through this time and time again. They actually sit there and they do these tabletop exercises like Event 201, where they literally discuss COVID three months before COVID comes on the scene. And how they are going to handle it, how the media is going to handle it, how they're going to move forward with deploying all of the change that comes from it and you could constantly you could watch and we're going to do this we're going to watch these videos there was a panel not too long ago with bill gates on uh, the next round of covid and how they're going to take advantage of it and all of these social engineering class uh scumbags that sit up there literally say uh oh we can't let this go to waste uh, we have to keep pushing this we we, we are missing our opportunity to advance. What they're advancing is the Great Reset. What they're advancing is the fourth industrial revolution. What they're advancing is all of this technology that we just discussed uh, in this GE article, which is nothing. This is just this is a tiny, tiny, tiny grain of sand on a, on a 10-mile-long beach. We are going to hit on everything that these guys are doing. So... What you need to understand is that they are not going to give up. These people are not going to stop. There is no organized resistance to these people. None whatsoever. Is it sad? Yeah, it's sad. It's very sad. But the truth is, we are going to have to figure out how to live one foot in the matrix and one foot out of the matrix how to not just survive, but to thrive inside of the technological prison planet that we are the worker bees, that we are building around ourselves on behalf of the technocratic oligarchs. And that's just a reality. And I'm going to be taking this journey uh, with my uh, partner, with my wife, and um, with our child that is on the way in a few months. And we are going to be carving out a future for ourselves And I am doing this with the full understanding that there is no resistance, there is no organized revolution that is going to push back and stop the fourth industrial revolution, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, his prophet Yuval Noah Harari, or any of their henchmen or paid heads of state, any of their puppets they have installed in as executives and board members of corporations and universities and trade organizations and unions. And so I'm well aware of that, and I'm fine with that. That is the world that we were born into, and that is the future that we need to battle. And I think the way that you have to approach this, and the way I'm going to approach this, is that as they have their great reset and move forward into some sort of artificial intelligence, robotic metaverse freak show, that you start to look for land and start to build a homestead and start to get back to natural life and gardening. And sometimes you're going to have to look in the mirror and and tell yourself to man up because this materialistic society that we live in today is maybe not great anyway. Do you want to be a slave to a BMW payment? Do you want to be a slave to nine flat-screen TVs? Do you want to be a slave to your not-so-safe suburban McMansion? Or do you want to maybe scale back on some of those materialistic objects that they threw at us as bait? They were fishing lures. That was the last industrial era we lived in. Got us addicted to credit and to debt and to loans and to mortgages. And maybe we start to live within our means and we raise our children that way. And we get back to what's important, which is just providing for our family and raising our children instead of dropping them off at some kind of pre-K, owned and controlled by the government that's building the prison planet around us. I have hope for the future. I have hope for my child's future. I will build a society based on natural living and natural life. I know it can be done. You want to talk about our forefathers, they did it. Rugged individuals. The first thing you need to know about liberty and about freedom is that it's difficult because there is no safety net. Being free is being free of everyone and everything and only having to rely on yourself and maybe the people in your immediate family. And really, really close friends and business partners. If I were you, I would think very carefully about this. Because these guys have been planning this fourth industrial revolution for decades upon decades. This is only a natural evolution of what complete worldwide tyranny looks like. So, I ask you to look into your hearts, to raise yourself up, and to look forward to a future in which we, in our own personal lives, can reject the technology coming out of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And as I said over and over, we must learn to live one foot in the Matrix and one foot out of the Matrix. That is how humans will survive. I wish you well. Have a great day.
1: The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world. Built...